You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Tommy's here. Aaron's here. This show's presented by Stamps.com. A little bit more on them a little bit later on in the show. Um, Do you have a difficult time spelling any words? Like, is there a word that sticks out right now that you always have a difficult time spelling? You're a writer. I would assume that you're a pretty good speller. Or maybe not. Maybe the editor. No, I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty good speller. Is there a word that you can't spell? Not really. There's not one I mean, word that you that. There used to be subpoena, but eventually I got the hang of that. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. But um, eventually I got the hang of that. So for whatever reason, I'm writing an email yesterday to somebody who had said to me, "Hey, I just need a couple. Uh, I, I I I need some of your time and." And I basically shot back to him. I'm like, look, you check your calendar and let me know the dates you've got available. Every single time I try to write the word calendar, typing it or writing it. Typing it, it gets the little red squiggly thing underneath it all the time. I, I, I never spell it correctly. Even though I think I know how to spell it, I never do it when I'm writing or spelling quickly. Well, you see, Can you spell calendar? Spell it right now. It's hard for me to do this. Because I double check a lot of words as I'm writing them. Like calendar would be a word that I would say, okay, let me make sure I got this right. Can you spell it right now? C-A-L-A-N-D-E-R. Uh-uh. The yep. opposite. It's E-N-D-A-R. You see, that's a word. <laughs> but that's a word I would automatically check. Right. There's lots of words I would do that with so as I was writing it. I asked this morning on the radio show, I said, just tweet me a list of all of the words. You know, Tweet me the one word that you always have trouble with. And I had a lot of responses, but there was one that came up more than any other. And I was surprised about this. This came up five times on five different responses, five different people. Definitely, people don't get right. I guess it's because they don't... I'm, I'm going to write it right now. D-E-F-I-N... I T E L Y. Is that how you spell it? That sounds correct. But I could see that maybe they're not sure if it's the E before the L or the L before the E at the end. Yes. I don't know if I spelled it correctly or not, uh, but I could just try by typing it into this Word doc real quickly. Let me just see if I got definitely right. Boy, you know, I'm sorry I missed this on your radio show this morning. I got it right. All right, this, you, mu- this must have been good stuff. You well, you went to the welcome home luncheon yesterday. How was it? It's always such a great oh, event, Ex- <laughs> exciting oh, event. Lots of people. I mean, the fans always show up for the welcome home luncheon. It was it was so lame. Was it? It was re- it was the lame. I've been to a lot of them, and they. Used, I haven't been in a few years. They, I used to we, have we to used, go every year. Yeah, we used to. We did the brought, show there. We did the show from there a couple. Of Do times. Do you remember the year we did it and Vinny sat down with us? And then wouldn't leave. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, he was also angry about something that we had said, which was one of the reasons he stayed to talk about us when we went to break. I can't remember specifically what it was. I can't fathom why he would be angry at anything. He we never said. really got angry. That's the thing about Vinny. The, the Vinny was actually a nice guy, like yeah. a normal nice guy. Um, but then after I explained what it was we were saying, he I guess said, okay, I understand what you're trying to do. And then he sat with us yeah. for like an hour yeah. and wouldn't leave. Like he didn't have anything more important to do. Well, that was in Northern Virginia right. where most of these have been held of, of late. Last year, they moved it to D.C. to the Marriott uh, Convention Center. Right. And last year's was almost a pep rally for a stadium in D.C. Mm-hmm. The mayor came, spoke, talked about wanting to bring the Redskins back to the district. Uh, I think Snyder may have even spoken. He hasn't spoken in forever. You know, maybe he didn't speak. But the, it, Did it, he speak yesterday? Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. He didn't speak yesterday. But uh, at least last year, there was, the, there was a little bit of buzz and excitement about all the stadium talk. Right. This year, it was, it was like a, a home game at Ghost Town Field. That's basically what it was like. Were there a lot of empty tables? Well, there were there were some empty tables, but there was not there was nothing going on. Uh, the Redskins cheerleaders, the uh, the introduction of players who won awards, you know, special teams award, defensive player to year, offensive player to year, all that stuff. Uh, Dan Snyder did not say anything. Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen did not did not speak. So the team president and the owner did not speak at the welcome home at the luncheon. welcome home luncheon. Uh, for fear of being booed by oh, the I, few fans that were there and I, bought tickets? 
Do you, you think know, that's it? I, I don't know. I, 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 th- bet, I bet that is it. I think they worry about it. I think they were relieved when their names were mentioned and there were no boos. Was there uh, loud applause? There was polite applause. <laughs> said. So polite it was applause. golf. It was barely golf clap applause. Really, it, it was. It was as lame a welcome home luncheon as I've ever seen. And uh, what was interesting is before the luncheon, they have an auction, a silent auction to raise money for the foundation. Were there no names written down on the uh, sheets? No, no, no. I'm sure that they no raised, numbers? raised a lot of money because there were a lot of cool stuff up what for was auction. Cool? What was cool? That they well, had? one of the things I noticed is they had two jerseys, autographed jerseys. They probably had more, but specifically these Mason two. Mason Foster? No. They had a number seven by uh, a former NFL MVP quarterback who led the Redskins to the Super Bowl. Hold on for a second, because I know the number seven now is Dwayne Haskins. Um, I can't, I can't come up with it. Who was it? <laughs> His jersey was framed and autographed. Well, good. I, we want Joe to, to autograph and frames. He's. I bet he's more interested in signing number seven jerseys now than he's ever been. The other one was Trump another Williams. number seven, framed and autographed by the backup quarterback who hasn't played <laughs> one down for this team yet in a regular season game. But that's not going to—I know that was his number in, in the preseason. Is that going to be his number in the regular season? Apparently <laughs> so. Apparently so. Do you agree with me that Joe's not happy about this? Of course not. He's not happy. He was not. This. He was put in a no-win situation. It was a ridiculous situation. You know, I had him on the show two weeks ago. I told him that. I said, you know, you don't have to respond to this, but I'm just going to tell you this. That was not your decision to make, and they put you in a very awkward position. And, you know, he went on. I like Dwayne. I talked to Dwayne and whatever. There's no doubt in my mind that that he didn't say this to me. I am taking a guess here, but my guess is that Joe was not happy about being put into that position and that, B, more likely than not, he would have preferred that somebody, uh, you know, uh, maybe step in and say, no, this isn't going to happen this way. Joe's one of our protected jerseys. Here's the bottom line. We've talked about this before. Either retire the jerseys or don't make them all available. Yeah, there's, I think there's only one, and that's Sammy, Sammy Ball. Ball. And, and many of others have many others have been protected. Yes. And by the way, protected, you know, or retired as a longtime, lifelong Redskin fan, I don't want anybody wearing number 44. I don't want anybody wearing number 28. I don't want anybody wearing number 81 again. I agree. You know, I want these jerseys retired. Now, if it came down to a discussion about which jerseys got retired and which wouldn't, you know, and you're trying to make it truly like the elite, highest level players, greatest players of all time, Joe would be in the discussion, but he's not a slam dunk like the guys I just mentioned. He's very close, Well, he's not a Hall of Famer. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But he's very close. He'd be retired if it was me. Oh, I, I think I would retire him too, but yeah. it, but it would be more debatable than Rigo, Monk, Daryl Green, Sonny. I think it would be more debatable uh, outside the Beltway than it would than it would among Redskins fans. I think Redskins fans would, would not debate the issue. About I Joe. think people from the outside would say, why would you retire his jersey? You know, I mean, Peter King pretty much said that. Uh, when when this discussion what came is, up, he didn't know anything. I know that's my point. Dope. So anyway, I thought it was kind of curious that the backup quarterback who hasn't played it down for for this team yet in a regular season game had had an autograph framed jersey for auction. I don't know what it went for. I'm sure it was very say, who, valuable. Who went for more? I don't know. I'll tell you this: uh, before 2012, the summer I went to a convention up in Baltimore, like a sports collectors convention. There were two helmets next to each other. One was a Redskins helmet signed by Rippin, Theismann, and Williams. One was a Redskins helmet signed for RG3, going for the same price. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, there is still um, a wild group of passionate RG3 was wronged people. Oh, yeah. That that group exists. It's, it's a small group. It's not a big group. But there are delusional... RG3 was railroaded and wronged by the organization people out there. You know, you know Amy Trask, who, who was yeah. front office for the Raiders? Right. Uh, on Twitter once, a couple, about a year or so ago, she tweeted something about uh, Griffin that made it seem like the 
the Redskins had pretty much ruined them. Uh, and I, I tweeted back to her. I said, listen, with all due respect, this guy wasn't a victim. He was a carrier. Yeah. Okay. And, and she said, well, I'm sure there were a lot of people at fault. And she's right. There were a lot of people at fault. Right. There were. In this. But, but he's, he the was. The owner and him. He was no Primarily. Vic- yes. He was no victim. Um, so I probably just opened up Pandora's box here, but I just was writing down all the Jersey numbers that would be considered for retirement. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Um, going sort of in order, um, sequential orders. Number seven is, is certainly, I, I put it on the list of we should discuss whether or not this Jersey gets retired. Number nine is an absolute lock. Yes. Nine is a, a hall of famer. Sonny's jersey gets retired. 17, Doug Williams, Bill Kilmer does not even get debated. No. That is not a retireable jersey. No, it's not. Du- and it would be Doug over Billy yes. because he's a Super Bowl winner. 28 is not even discussed. It's absolutely a retired jersey. Yes. Daryl Green's jersey. 42 isn't even discussed. Charlie, Charlie Taylor's Taylor. jersey is retired. 43 is not debated. Larry Brown's jersey yes. is available for anybody that wants to wear it. Sorry. He was a one-time MVP, was one of my favorite players as a kid, but Larry Brown's jersey is not okay, in the discussion. I can see that. Rigo's a lock at 44. Bobby Mitchell is a lock, lock at, at 49. 49. Chris Hamburger's jersey is open, and, and by the way, has been worn and was never even protected right. in the first place. Andre Collins had 55. Other players have had 55. Then we get into the 60s, and you talk about Jake and Grimm. Grimm's the Hall of Famer. Jake's the player that most fans think should have been a Hall of Famer before Grimm. Um, This is tough. I mean, Jake's both of these numbers have been given out. These numbers have not been protected over the years, but Grimm is a Hall of Famer. Yes. I don't think I would retire either one of those jerseys. And in fact, I don't even know if either one of them would be in at a level higher than Joe would. But I don't know. This is it's, it's it seems like the Hall of Fame should at least be the, the dividing line. Sam Huff no as a Redskin. No. Um Dexter no, no. and then 81 100% yes. Absolutely. So the ones that are and Sammy Ball 100% yes. yes. So the ones I've got as retired jerseys would be Sonny's number 9, Daryl Green's 28, Sammy Ball's 33, Charlie Taylor's 42, Rigo's 44, Bobby Mitchell's 49 and Art Monk's 81. Seven jerseys retired, period. Now, the biggest one missing that would be a big heavy debate would be Joe's. I would put Joe's in there. Though. Okay. So you'd have Joe's yeah, in there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would too. Yeah. But the others are slam dunk. No one's going to debate you on it. I agree. Joe's, Joe's would get debated, as would, you know, um, as would uh, Jacoby's and Grimm's, and some would say Sam Huff's. Uh, but Sam Huff, to me, is much more of a giant than yeah, a Redskin. Yeah, Sam Huff. Yeah, I mean, Sam, Sam's identity as a Redskin came as a broadcaster. Right. You know, not as a player. I'm not he forgetting any. Tail end. I don't think so. No. Uh, Albert Hainsworth. No. <laughs> I, I think I think I got them all. Yeah, I, I think I, I got them all. I, I mean, I, I, Brian I Mitchell's jersey is not a retireable jersey. Um, you know, d- d- some would say Doug's because of the significance of right. what he did, but his career here in Washington was not a great career. No, he had a great moment. Yeah, really. But my uh, the whole point on the number seven with Dwayne Haskins that we've talked about before is you know don't don't make the kid feel entitled before he even takes a snap. Well, that's the owner's move. Tom. I know. That's I mean he's, one of the, he has a jersey that, that nobody else could wear. Owner. That nobody else could wear. Yeah. So he's already walking in entitled. Yeah. I know. Hopefully it won't go to his head. Hopefully he's a good kid and yeah. he'll understand the difference between. You know, uh, the owner reaching out to entitle him and the fact that there's a line that he can cross in that relationship that would be destructive, hopefully he does. Because the the other guy didn't. No. He didn't understand. No. Nope. The other guy liked the power. He loved the he power. Had. He had he power. expected the power. And he loved it. Um, but, you know, this is one of the things. I mean, I, you know, I can hear it now. You guys are going to talk about how great the Redskins are going to be this year? No, we're not, actually. <laughs> we're going to talk about that entitling a quarterback who's never taken a snap for your team is one of the reasons that Dan Snyder is a bad owner, all right, and a bad manager. That's why. 
Let me ask you. Let's come up with another list. Who are the most powerful players on the roster within the building? Ooh. Who has the most power? Well, Trent Williams clearly doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's stick with the quarterbacks. Does Does Dwayne Haskins have more power in Redskins Park than Case Keenum? Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> he does. And um, I, I can't think of many players. Who's got real power in the organization, right? Like a players that... Like like a Clinton Portis used to. Josh Norman probably has a, a very good relationship with management. Jonathan Allen, maybe? Yeah, except John is not that kid. No, John, he's not. John understands, right. you know, management... And then coaches yes, and who he, he reports to and who he takes direction yeah, from. But, but his voice would have some weight, I yeah, would think. it probably would. But he would understand not to give yes, it weight other than in the locker room with players. Yes, he would. He wouldn't go above his coaches to go to the owner. Yeah, there's no there's no Deshaun Jackson. Nope. There's no... Uh, would it be Josh Norman? It might, it might be Josh Norman. It might be... But it's not... I mean, really, I mean... Uh, You'd be hard-pressed to find a player on that roster who has more influence in the building than Dwayne Haskins does. And again, and I believe that this may be the case, time will tell. I just don't think he is the kind of person that's going to take advantage of that. Right. I mean, it's I, not his fault that the owner, no, it's you know, is is you know entitling him no, or has not. entitled him or would like I to agree. entitle him more. I agree. It's how he, he handles it. I agree, a hundred percent. The uh, the truth of the matter is, when you look at the players that they've acquired, for the most part in recent years, they've been, you know, people that are more accountable, accountable and reliable. Yes, they have. They have not gone for the big name with the big wallet. And the big power that Except goes for with Landon it. Collins, and we'll yeah. see what, how that works out. Actually, I think you know, I know it's preseason; you can't tell, but I think he's going to be a good player for them. All right, so is interesting, I guess, that team owner at the welcome home luncheon that neither the team owner nor the team president spoke, because I guarantee you, you would not find one welcome home luncheon where Jack Kent Cook didn't kick it off somehow or didn't speak. Yeah. Or Bobby Beathard and or Charlie Casserly didn't say something. Like right? I said, I remember the days. Did Jay Gruden talk? No. No, but no. I remember the who days. Who was the where, MC? Do, did Doc Who MC was it? the, it was Lindsay Zarniak. Oh, Lindsay? Lindsay okay. was the MC. And at the end, they did the interview with Matthew McConaughey on stage. And, uh, you know, look, I, I I like I like Matthew McConaughey. I think I, I love I love the Lincoln lawyer Matthew McConaughey. True detective Matt the McConaughey. True detective Time Matthew to kill McConaughey. Matt McConaughey. Nah, it doesn't do that much. See, I like me. some of those Grisham books. I mean, the True Detective Falcon one, Brief was the best. Just just spoiled me. I mean, he wasn't they'll, in that. they'll never. He, I mean, that was just a remarkable performance. I wasn't interested in Matthew McConaughey, the philanthropist. Just didn't hold much interest for me. It wouldn't have for me either. Yeah, but how much of the time he does he spent a lot, on that? Well, a lot of it, and he talked really? about the some of it. He talked about the Redskins, how he became a Redskins fan, and that was an interesting story that we heard before. He was good. He was very personable. He was very nice, and apparently after it, he was very friendly with everybody who had. Did you go up and talk to him? No, I didn't go up and talk to Matthew McConaughey. Why didn't you say I want write, I'm writing a column about how you became a Redskins fan? Because I didn't want to write a column about how he became a Redskins fan. Sometimes you take my column ideas. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, his, by the way, don't whatever you do, don't call him Matt. Okay. Uh, I've learned that from <laughs> a friend of mine who spent time with him. His name is Matthew. It's not Matt. Uh, anyway, um, so... Part of the um, Welcome Home Luncheon yesterday was an interview that Sherry Burris from NBC4 did with Bruce Allen. I like Sherry a lot. I do the Redskins Showtime show with her. You know, she hosted that last year after Carol left Channel 4. Um, and I like Sherry. And she did a great job hosting that. And, and to be honest with you, Tommy, I swear to God this is true. And maybe you're going to come up with the others. I'm not sure I can name another local sports anchor on channel five, seven, or nine. I know Sherry is channel four, and I know that um, there's this Asian guy on the weekend. I don't know what his name is on channel four. He's actually he did, he's very enthusiastic. Does a pretty good job. George Wallace does channel four sometimes. Dave Johnson. Do you know who the channel nine sportscaster is or the channel seven sportscaster? Darren, Aaron's Darren, gone. Darren Haynes. I oh, think oh, I do. I do know who he is. I, I know who he is. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and he's pretty high profile. 
I mean, for I think he well, is. I, I mean, I, I didn't even know who it was. You mentioned his name, and I knew who right. it was. But I'm in sports I think he does broadcasting good, I in this town. It's not. Look, it's not. You, let's just say he's got a profile. Yeah. Let's okay. not say high profile. Okay. He has a profile. I'm not. And I'm. By the way, no, I'm not right. casting dispersions. No, you're I'm right. Not being critical, but the local sports caster in general has died off in every market. Yeah. Because there's so many other ways to get sports. Yes. Who's Channel Seven since Aaron left? I think it's Robert Burton. Oh, I know Robert. Yeah. Is he the main? I think sports that's his anchor? name, Robert Burton. Isn't he's it? a good guy. I like yeah. Robert. I think he's one of them. It, what about Channel Five? Cha- I have no idea. I, have I don't know. No either. idea. None whatsoever. They should hire Buck back. That's what Buck should do. <laughs> Buck go back and be the sports anchor and director of Channel Five. I think Buck is going to call games at James Madison this year, isn't he? Uh, Football games. I, I just, think I, I read. He didn't. He didn't tell me that. I just, and I just texted back and oh, forth okay. with maybe, him the other day I, about Maybe a golf I'm jumping the thing. gun or something like that. Um, he want. I know he's. That's got, his alma mater. I, yes, it is. I know he's got opportunities to do college football and college basketball games this year. I didn't know that he had made a decision on it. Okay, I may have been premature. Okay, whatever. Um, so anyway, uh, Sherry had an interview with Bruce Allen, and it got a lot of publicity. In fact, it became a high-profile interview yes, here locally. Um, because this is how it went when she asked him about Trent Williams. Well, he's not here. You, you, you said the, the, the only answer there is. Uh, you're either here or you're not, and he's elected not to be here. Um, we're, we are in full mode right now, even before this preseason game, uh, preparing for Philadelphia. Can you confirm that it is a grievance that Trent has either with the medical staff or with his contract situation? You know, I'm not going to go into any conversation I have with a player. Um, he's, he's told me his thoughts. Um, but we're now in Philadelphia mode, and it's time to get going. When was the last time you talked to Trent? Well, I, as I said, I'm not going to talk about my different conversations. Where do you see this ending with the Trent situation? Do you imagine him coming back? Well, I think Trent's going to play football, yes. Um, we had a, a surprising retirement this week in the NFL, and I don't, I don't see Trent retiring. You said you see him playing football. Does that mean with the Washington Redskins, or have you guys engaged in any talks of, at all about trading him? No, it'll be with us. So there it is. That, that was Sherry Burris yesterday, who, by the way, Tommy, I think she did a really good job. You know, he wanted to push her back and, and move the, the, the interview in a d- different direction. She got all of her questions out about Bruce Allen. She asked all the right questions. The yeah. questions she, she can't squeeze blood from a stone. Right. But she asked the right questions. I agree. I think she did a great job. So that very end of it was Bruce Allen saying, it'll be for the Redskins. Your response to that is what? I was curious because some of the response I've seen on social media took what Bruce Allen said as fact. In other words, like there are people out there who think, oh, this is over. It's resolved. Bruce says he's coming back. You know, no big deal now. Case closed. I mean, they took what he basically said as him telling them, well, Trent's coming back. You know, that, that, that's all that, that was, that was kind of the curious response to me. I mean, it's, it's, how can it not be hard for Redskins fans to listen to Bruce Allen? Just to just to listen to him. <laughs> I mean, really, just unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 like punishment. It, it's like you know throwing salt in the wounds. You know, he's been, he Redskins fans are better off with him not saying anything. I mean, Jay Gruden is much more pleasant to listen to, no th- doubt, than than Bruce Allen, no doubt. Now. You know, I think there are certain situations where you have to hear from the owner or the team president. You know, I think the whole Reuben Foster stuff, it should have been Dan or Bruce yes. speaking to it. Um, but you are right. I mean, just oh. his voice and him, to look at him for most Redskin fans, you know, hashtag fire Bruce Allen, is just, it's annoying. And they just can't believe he's still here. Anyway, with that said, it's a throwaway line. It doesn't mean that you know they're close or that Trent Williams is coming back, in my view anyway. He is, as a guy, professionally, super spiteful, and he is super stubborn. These are two things that Bruce Allen is. He does not like to lose in these situations, in these negotiation situations. It's why he goes for every last nickel and penny 
in every negotiation. It's not about like a big win for the organization. It's a big win for him right. to get what he wanted, the number that he wanted, and the number he told the agent he's not budging off of. You know, and this is another situation. Now, sometimes it's worked out, and I think sometimes over the years here, it's been a good thing to be more fiscally responsible, which they have been as an organization with him, much more so than they were. Not as much fun. Not as much fun. Not as much fun, buddy. It's it's true. Um, But it's also not worked out, like the Kirk Cousins situation, where he was super stubborn and spiteful, and it worked out poorly for the organization. And had nothing to show for it. My prediction is still this, on all of this Trent Williams stuff. I think they will eventually get an offer that is too good to turn away from. And here's the thing, Tommy, that I don't think he gets, and I wish I could have a conversation with him, because you know me, I would tell him what I think. Stop worrying about winning this thing. First of all, it's the wrong, you're playing it out incorrectly. If you get a first-rounder, a mid projected mid first rounder back from Houston for Trent Williams you're going to look like the winner in this you you're so he, you're so hung up on not giving him the contract extension and that he's going to buckle and he's going to come back when he doesn't get a game check and you're going to stand up there and say see told you he'd come yeah. back once he felt the sting of not getting a paycheck where you're missing the bigger picture here, which is it's created an opportunity for you to really look good. Trade him, get a a first, get two twos and a fifth. And you know what? Your your fan base will actually compliment you on this. Oh, I think so. But he doesn't, they don't see it that way. Do you think that the the fact that Trent Williams through his intermediaries and stuff has turned this into something whether right or wrong, other than a money thing that basically he has indicted the Redskins organization as untrustworthy, do you think that makes Bruce dig his heels in deeper? Yes, I do. I think that's a really good point. I think that this, you know, medical it's more of a personal training thing. thing has the organization and Bruce and Dan in particular really PO'd. Well, it should. Yeah. Whether it whether it's true or not, it's 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 an unprecedented bad situation. To, for, to, for the team to find itself in. So whether they whether Trent is, is making it up or has a valid claim, they should be angry about the way this has unfolded because uh, it, it makes, I mean, I'd say it makes them look bad, uh, but that's like throwing another log on the fire. But I would think that there is some personal situation involved here. I would want, I'd, at this point, I would be patient, but I'd want to get to that, Endpoint where you have dealt him to Houston for a first rounder, and you're able to hold that press conference to say, you know what, we want people who want to be here. Trent did. First of all, I would start with this. Uh, before I get into the details uh, and answer questions about the Trent Williams trade, I want to tell you that we do not have one goddamn issue with our medical team. We have the best doctors in the NFL. Dr. Casalero is respected worldwide, and he can list all the doctors. And the relationship with who is it, Inova? Inova. He can talk about the relationship with Inova. Then he can go into his training staff and say, our training staff won that whatever award it was called last year. The Ed Ed Block Courage Award. The the Ed Block Courage Award. They they should start trotting that out like a Super Bowl trophy. (laughs) Well, they they don't actually have one. Well, without dust on it. Yeah. And we won the Ed Block Courage Award for the best training staff in the NFL. We are super confident in our medical team, and we have people outside the organization who are super confident in it. And our training staff just won the award for the best in the NFL. Oh, you want to talk about Trent Williams? All right, let's go to there now. Yeah. And, and then start talking about Trent Williams. We want people in our organization that want to be here. For whatever reason... Trent didn't want to be here. He had a contract with two years left on it, and he didn't want to live up to that deal. And so that's why we have traded him. And we got a first-rounder, and hopefully with that first-rounder, we're going to get a great player who wants to be here in the future. Questions? The questions never come, though. Huh? The questions, I mean... He doesn't take questions. He doesn't take questions. No. Uh, you just you 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 they, you want to get to that point where you can say it's not medical, it's not training. If it isn't, and I don't think that they believe that it is, and you can say it, 
while simultaneously, I mean, they could say that now, and it, it would have nothing to do with Trent Williams, right? They, they, could, could, they could speak generically, yeah, about they could about their medical staff, the quality of their care. What they could, what's interesting is, you know, they tried to do this with the Reuben Foster thing. They try, tried to trot out a couple of Alabama players to vouch for Reuben Foster, yeah, and that be didn't, careful because right. those players they didn't actually talk to, right? You know, they they haven't. I wonder if they've tried to trot trot out some players to talk about the quality of medical care for the team. I don't know if they have. I, I again, and I don't even know if that's the situation. They at some point you got to look at the big picture. To me, the big picture would have been in January, where I would have been thinking about trading Trent Williams and Ryan Kerrigan and stocking up on draft choices for the future. And now you've got this situation. And he's stubborn. He doesn't want to let Trent win. And yes, to your point, and it's a really good one, there's a lot of emotion more likely than not wrapped up into this one that's over and above the normal emotion of a holdout. Yes, And it is that he's accused them of something that they don't believe is true. Yes. So... I don't know. I I take. I uh, hopefully they get an offer here. There's no guarantee they're going to get an offer because a team loses a left tackle. I believe they've gotten, you know, overtures from teams. JP reported three AFC teams. I believe that the Patriots were at one point willing to offer a first. I don't think they are anymore. And by the way, they traded for two backup offensive linemen yesterday, in part because Isaiah Wynn who maybe they were a bit concerned about a few weeks ago, early in training camp, they're not as concerned about anymore. So there you go. Um, My prediction is still ultimately that Bruce will relent and they'll trade him because they're going to get an offer that's too hard to turn down. And the only thing I would suggest to them is don't think you're losing if you end up trading him for a first or a package of two twos and a five or whatever. Because to me as a fan, I would look at that as a win. Here's the collateral damage when you trade him. And I think you have to trade him. I don't think he can ever play for this organization again. But uh, that means you're moving forward into this season without Trent Williams playing for you at left tackle. Right now, you're with 36-year-old Donald Penn, who if he lasts four games, will be lucky. A lot of teams don't have Trent Williams at left tackle. I get that. My point is, uh, because of this situation, the collateral damage... Maybe whoever is behind center. I predict that the quarterback who finishes the season for the Redskins is not even on the roster for yeah, this you've team. You said that. I disagree. I mean, it's possible they could have all those injuries. Is that why you're predicting it? Or are you predicting it because you think everybody's going to suck? No, I'm predicting it because, because I don't injuries. think they'll be able to protect everybody behind center. Okay. I think it'll be just sort of like the end of last year, where everyone who took a snap wound up getting postseason surgery. <laughs> right. All right, um, there was a story that came out last night from Aaron Wilson, who covers the Texans for the Houston Chronicle. Aaron wrote that the Texans have been working the phones on trying to trade Jadavian Clowney. And he said that there were um, several teams that have have expressed interest. One of those teams is the Redskins. Uh, The other teams are the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Jets. He also wrote that Washington is regarded as a no-go at this time because they are unwilling to trade Pro Bowl left tackle Trent Williams. I would prefer to trade Trent Williams for picks, future picks, but I can tell you this, if he traded Trent Williams for Jadavian Clowney, that too would be a win for the Redskins. It would be a big win. Jadavian Clowney's five years younger. He is better than anybody they have defensively. Um, I I think he's going to be. I think he's better than Montez Sweat. I have hope for Montez Sweat. I think Deron Payne's turning into uh, a guy to really keep an eye on the next few years as a guy that could truly be one of their best defensive linemen um, in, in a long, long time. But if you can get Clowney for Trent Williams, you absolutely. I think do so. It. You yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do you it. Do. look. Your your team is going to be better with Clowney on it. I mean, don't worry about well. You know that. What are they going to do with Montez Sweat? That's not your. That's not your. Put issue. them all on the field. Right. That's not your problem. The Giants didn't worry about that when they kept drafting exactly. defensive linemen one after the other. You find a way to get talent on the field. Now you know you do have to ask yourself the question: Why does Houston want to trade Jadavian Clowney instead of just paying him? And you have to ask the question: If you're thinking about being the team that trades for him, what am I going to have to pay him? Um, he is, you know, for the discussion, and many people have tweeted me in recent weeks, you know, Clowney's injury prone. He was early in his career, not recently. He's only missed three games in three years. 
And for those of you who also want to say, uh, you know, he only had nine and a half sacks last year and nine the year before that, watch him play. He is a disruptor. He's an A-level defensive disruptor. And he's been on the opposite side of J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt had 17 sacks last year. 17. Clowney's helping him. Watt's helping him. Uh, Clowney is a game changer defensively in my in my view. I would prefer draft choices for, for Trent Williams thinking you know further down the road, but I would take that trade. I do not think it'll well, happen. So, well, because you're operating under the assumption that unlike Bruce Allen, you're convinced that Trent won't, won't play for this team. Won't play for the Redskins. I don't think he will. Okay, so if that's the case, then you try to get the best deal you can. And if you can't get the number one draft pick that you want and you have a chance to get Clowney, you trade for him. I'd be surprised if, if Houston would trade Clowney straight up for Trent Williams. I would think that they'd want more than just Trent Williams. Trent's 31. Clowney's 25. Um, Trent doesn't play every but game. What if Clowney they think, has in recent years they played think they almost have, every game. What if they think they have a chance to compete for the Super Bowl this year? Well, that's look, they have a major issue at offensive line yes. in trying to protect Deshaun yeah, Watson. A lot, of, a lot of quarterbacks are unprotected, but they, they, they play and they figure it out and they chip and they you know game plan around that. But, yes, they need a left tackle. They need tackles. They need offensive linemen, the, the Texans do. So tonight, Tommy. Tonight um, they're playing a preseason game, right? Yeah. Against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, you, are you going to that? You know, normally I would, oh, Kevin. Jesus. Because I think it's important to show up for these kind of things. <laughs> I know you do. You know? I mean, again, I know we have a different... And you're not alone. Yeah. Nobody in this town does this, uh, save for a handful of people. I think if you're going to rip the team, if you're going to criticize the team, mm-hmm. you got to show your face sometimes. Okay. So, yeah, but normally I, I'm not going to be there because I'm teaching my first class at Georgetown tonight. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. Good luck with that. Business um, of sports media. So, uh, is, is that the class this year? That's, that's, that's always been the yeah, class. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you yeah. said it like it was something new. No, it's business of sports media. So, that's, who that's is your, class. what do you got planned for tonight? Because you don't do much of the planning. The actual professor does, right? Well, you look at it. It's sort of like this sh- every show we've ever done, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah, you are much more a writer than a driver. Yes, absolutely. And that's pretty much the case here. I'm there because I'm Tom Lavera. <laughs> that's why. And how many of the students that will take this class for the first time when they walk in know who you are? Well, since six of them are Chinese tonight, <laughs> I'm not sure how many will how know. How many are in the class? Uh, I think about 14, 15. Okay. But, uh, you know, maybe if they were Japanese, they might know me because I'm big in Japan. But uh, China, not so much. You um, you know who was in our class last year? Is this the one day a week, two and a half hour class yeah. thing? Yeah. Trey Morning was in the class last year, Alonzo Morning's son. Awesome. A tremendous student. Tremendous student. That guy that guy's not going to play in the NBA. Yeah. He's going to wind up owning a team in the NBA. He's very sharp. Um do they how involved are you in the class during the class? Very involved. Okay. Absolutely very but involved. But it's sort of like you are in this talk show. You just respond. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and no, 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 that's not and true. wing it. And no, wing no, it. No, they bit. when they have writing assignments. I'm responsible for the writing Do you assignments. Grade? I grade the writing assignments. I give them critiques on their writing. So when they, when they have to do writing assignments, when they t- talk about doing podcasts, they have to do a podcast as part of the assignment. They get they get you know maxed up with different teams and they have to produce a podcast. I help them with that. So it's not like I just sit there with my feet up on on, on the desk and right. say, yeah, that's right, that's right. Do you ever? Um do you ever find yourself uh, when you're you're grading these papers finding like a talent, like a true talented writer that you want to mentor? Have you found that person yet? Mentor? Yeah. Do I look like the kind of guy who no. would mentor anybody? No, but I'm curious if anybody's been so talented in their writing that you said, "Wow, you have a future as a writer. You could write." I may have said that once or twice. Did you mean Be- it? Yeah, I did because if you can write. And most people can't, even at that level. Yeah, it stands out. I agree with that. It really does. And and if you again, everybody, if you can write, you can do anything in this business. Well, I've always said when I've you know had the uh, opportunity to talk to people in a class or you know people that reach out to me to get you know advice, whatever kind of advice they they're looking for. One of the things I've always said about this business, sports talk business. 
is you got to be able to write. Yes. Because your first job, if if you want to be on air, is going to be writing on deadline for things like updates. Yeah. And if you can't write, it's going to be hard for you to actually get on the air to start it in radio, sports talk radio. Um, do any of your students ever complain about the Washington Times website and how difficult it is to read some of your stories? No, they think it's really good. <laughs> they do? They do. They like it. They like the speed? Yes. Or the lack thereof? No, they like it. They, they like how easy it is to read. All right. Tonight um, in this preseason finale, it's very possible that this will be the last time we see Dwayne Haskins for a while. Maybe. Maybe. Um, this has... I think we've talked about this, but I'm going to I'm going to talk about it again because this has been the thing that's bothered me and agitated me more than anything else in this offseason going back to the draft. And that is this I think majority opinion of fans, media, ex-players be patient with Dwayne. And count me in on that. Be I'm with patient. Them. Be patient with Dwayne. I mean, we can't play. I'd sit him for the whole year. I wouldn't play him until 2020. If you're a fan of this team and you weren't hopeful that he would show up at OTAs and minicamp and then training camp and blow the doors off Case Keenum and Colt McCoy and make it so obvious that he was the best quarterback, if that wasn't your desire, what's wrong with you? Like that, of course, should have been the preference going into it. But right from the draft night, it's like, can't play him. Got to sit him. I'd sit him for the whole 2020. What are you people talking about? quarterbacks highly drafted play and play a lot in their rookie year. And when they don't, it usually means they're not any good. So my initial take right from the jump was not patience. And I, I couldn't believe everybody's talking about this. It was, I hope we get to minicamp and, and, and OTAs and we're hearing from Jay. This guy's incredible. Like, you know, it's, it's not just his physical stature and his arm, but this guy's picked up the offense overnight. He's really grasped it, and we are, uh, you know, and then to see him, you know, play in the preseason games with starters against starters and really perform well, that's what I was hoping for. I don't understand why you others weren't hoping for that. But anyway, that aside, I mean, I was hoping to see as little of Case Keenum and Colt McCoy this year as possible because that would have meant that this dude was really ready. And by the way, you know, Sam Darnold last year beat out a veteran quarterback, Josh Josh McCown. I had a guy on from New York yesterday. You know what he said about Daniel Jones? What? That if there had been just a veteran journeyman quarterback like a Case Keenum, Daniel Jones would have won the competition and would be starting the opener. But it's Eli Manning. He's right. an iconic, you know, he's an iconic legend, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he's going to get the opportunity here. But that's how well Daniel Jones has played and how far along he is. What we're seeing here is maybe the first indication of what Cooley said when he evaluated him for the draft. This is a long-term project. This is a long, this is not a guarantee. And it's why Cooley said specifically he wouldn't have taken him with the first a first rounder. Would have thought about him in the second or third round. A lot of the football people at Redskins Park thought the same thing. Anyway, I digress because what I want to get to is when do you think we'll see him? And when would you like to see him? Next, after tonight. You know, again, I mean, you, you dismiss this, but I think Redskins, the Redskins are going to go through quarterbacks like water this year. I really do. They might. And I think you'll see Dwayne Haskins play before they want him to because they'll need him to because Case Keenum will get hurt and Colt McCoy won't be ready to take the field. Uh, so I think you'll see Dwayne Haskins maybe by week six at the latest. Uh because of injury. Starting. Yes. Okay. Yes. K you know, Case has been pretty healthy. Yes, he has. Pretty durable. Yes, he has. He has started 30 games in the last two years. I, and the I, only games that he missed were because Sam Bradford started off that season, 2017 season in Minnesota. It was Sam Bradford, right, Aaron? Bradford started that 2017 season in sounds Minnesota. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, just, I, just, I just foresee chaos on the offensive line. Denver had a bad offensive line last year. Keenum yeah. played all 16 yeah, he did. games. I know. Okay. Um, I want to see him week one because I want to I want him to make the progress to say, hey, we're ready to play him. I think we will see him before the end of the month, the first month of the season. Really? I think we will see him before the end of September, injury or no injury. And that means in that that the possibility exists, I believe, that we'll see him for a series here and there. Okay. Maybe in the opener. 
against Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, oh, you must know something. I don't know anything. I oh, no, no, no. I swear no. to God. No, no, no. I, I can sw- smell I this s- you know a what? mile away. You're looking at me like I do. I swear to God I don't. And I mentioned this on the radio the other day. And then I talked to Cooley later that day. And I said, I, uh, we were talking about Haskins, and I said, I said on the radio today that I think he's going to play in week one against the Eagles like they're going to work out a package for him. He goes, oh, you've been listening to my podcast. I go, actually, I haven't been. Have you been saying that? He said, I've been saying that for two weeks. And I said, well, do you know that? And, he, and he, by the way, if he did know that and he told me that, then I, I wouldn't have brought it up ever again. But he said, no, I don't know anything. He just makes sense to me that they should – he goes, I don't know that they will. And I and he goes, I, I, I bet that they don't. But they should be thinking about getting him in in these games for a series there, here, Why? series there. Because he's the quarterback of the future. Isn't and the gotta, point to win the game? Uh, not this year. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. Um, the point is, is that you should want to win the game and also simultaneously develop the quarterback of the future. And maybe – putting him into the game gives you a chance, a better chance to win the game. Have you thought about that as a possibility? I don't know anything. I swear to you. I swear on my children. I don't know anything. It's just a hunch that I have that they're going to try to get him in. I don't know if it'll be the opener. That was my guess. That This does not sound like Jay Gruden, though. It doesn't sound like Jay Gruden. It sounds like Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. It might, well, they've talked about that this was going to be an organizational consensus decision. Yes. Remember Doug Williams said that about two yes. months ago. So. I don't know that for sure. I, I swear to you, I don't know anything. That's a white flag for that game against the Eagles if he plays. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. White flag. No. Nope. I mean, they should raise the white flag anyway. Anyway, but but that is a white flag. I like him against the Eagles. I, I've already played him plus nine. Look, anything's possible. Would I be like like utterly shocked if somehow they managed to compete against Philadelphia? It's the NFL. Anything is possible. I'd be surprised. Look, there's also the chance that tonight, you know, especially if all the former players get their way, tonight's the last time we're going to see Dwayne Haskins until next year's preseason. <laughs> I mean, it's that that makes me crazy. Like I, you know, they'll, they'll also say, "Well, look, if you're four and eight, you're going to play him at the end of the year." Yeah. I, I I understand that, but it's almost like they're hoping and they think somehow it's so much better if he doesn't play one regular season snap this year. And then what? So then next year is just the the same sort of guinea pig year. Okay, we've talked about this before. I mean, when Theismann says that, when Clinton Porter says that. Sean Springs says it. Okay. Fred Smoot says it. So that's a message. I know. That's a unified message. Who are they delivering the message for? Oh, I don't think they're delivering it for the owner or the team president or anybody. Or the coach to the owner? No, I don't think so. All of them? All these bozos (laughs) on the same page? I hate when you do this because this is a reach. There's No, no, it's not. Well, first of all, Jay doesn't have great relationships with those players that that were just mentioned. I get that. So okay. I, that that doesn't make a lot of sense. So is it? Is it so is Dan it, does. So is it the owner? Basically, why t- would the owner be telling them to the fan base saying this is why he's not going to play because we're 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 so smart and we're so patient? Yes. I don't know. Maybe that's more of a possibility than Jay putting I th- it out I there. I think for the there's a unified reason. message here, I and I, I think it's being delivered for somebody from the owner to the fans or from the coach to the well, owner. You, you know who hasn't been delivering it? Cooley hasn't been delivering it. Cooley feels the way I feel. He's like, get him out there. He was the number 15 pick in the draft. He better be ready sooner than later, and you're not going anywhere with Case Keenum or Colt McCoy. And your future is, even if Case Keenum leads him to 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, he's not back here next year. You're building for 2020-2021. Yeah, but then, then you can then but, you could put, Bruce ha- doesn't think then you put Haskins in you know, with, with a year under his belt to start the next year, sort of like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> It'd be great if you were Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs missed out on an opportunity, as it turns out, to win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes in 2017. <laughs> and they were close. I mean, if Alex Smith doesn't go 5-0 and to start that year, I think Andy Reid probably does at some point play Mahomes in that first season. But he's the aberration. He's the only one in recent years that hasn't played right. a significant number of games, especially if, if the quarterback's highly drafted, as Dwayne Haskins was. All right, quick word about stamps.com. If you 
are a small business like the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast, um, you don't want to spend time in that traffic, parking, lugging all your mail and packages around. It's a real hassle. That's why you need Stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. We are a perfect example of the kind of business that sends out invoices. Some of you send out uh, products or Some of you even have a warehouse where you're sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com handles it all with ease. It's easy, so easy. Aaron and I use it here all the time. You use your computer to print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail's ready, Aaron will just give it to the mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox on his way out. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. It's no wonder 700,000 small businesses are already using Stamps.com. Now, right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Go to Stamps.com, click click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and then use my code. It's Kevin DC, K-E-V-I-N-D-C. That's stamps.com, Kevin DC. Uh, I'm excited tonight, Tommy, um, because it's the start of the real football season. Aaron and I love college football, and we get real games tonight and tomorrow night. I love Labor Day weekend. I don't know what it is about Labor Day weekend. I used to love tennis. I hate tennis now. I shouldn't say I hate tennis. I don't watch tennis right. unless Serena's on. I like, I like watching Serena. But I love that first weekend of real football. And there aren't great games this weekend. A couple of them, right, Aaron? Oregon-Auburn on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, I think that's the only matchup of ranked teams Yes. Uh, in week one. Tonight, the number one team in the country, Clemson, opens up their schedule. Uh, Clemson is uh, the defending national champion. Mark Schleybaugh said to me today, he goes, this is the best team in America by a lot. Like really? He thinks it's better than Alabama. And maybe the best team that Dabo Sweeney's had. Um, I just, it's, I mean, tonight is not a night for preseason football. It, it, the weekend isn't. Yeah, but you're going to get to see Haskins. He's going to play a lot tonight. I'm not, I, I will barely watch. Really? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. You're going to see Haskins play tonight. I don't care. He's going to play a lot. There will be live college football games on. Not watching Dwayne Haskins. Why I'll not? Watch, I'll watch Haskins. Come on. I have to because i got to come in here and talk about it. I don't want to. But I will the have The guy who you think should start. Aaron, who do you like tonight? Is going to get most of his playing time tonight. Perhaps. Who do you like tonight? In college football? Uh-huh. As far as betting, uh, I like UCLA against Cincinnati. That line's very short. It's dropped at two and a half. There are a couple. I kind of. It's interesting. You have Clemson and Texas A and M. What is that? Thirty six now. What's that? Thirty six line. Uh, Clemson's thirty six. Clemson's 36. line's thirty six. Texas A and M's also playing, and they're thirty three. The interesting thing. They're playing next week. I could see both offenses going very vanilla. I think Clemson has enough to cover it. I don't know about Texas A and M. Good strategy there. You see what he did there? No. Big week two. Is it week two? Is yeah. A and M and Clemson play next week? I'm or pretty in two sure, weeks. I'm pretty sure it's next week. It might be. It might be two weeks. But either way, I think they're going vanilla early on. So uh, what he's saying there is, hold on, Clemson has. I thought it's two weeks away. Texas A and M. It might be two weeks Clemson. away. I, I don't know if it is or isn't. But he's saying basically they're not going to show each other anything, right? In this week one matchup. The problem is, is that the it is next week. Clemson. It is Texas next week. A. Yes. So next week we've got Texas LSU and Clemson, Texas A&M. So week two is a hell of a lot better than week one. Yeah, it is. Um, I look through the board. I will have the first smell test tomorrow on the show. Uh, There are about six or seven college games I like. Uh, All of them are Friday and Saturday. I looked at UCLA a little bit tonight, sort of like them. Uh My wife just sent me a text that I was reading as I'm sitting here doing this. We found your wallet on the grass right next to the driveway. Good thing the lawn people didn't come today. Oh, my God. I don't have my wallet on me. You don't have I didn't even know I didn't have my wallet (laughs) on me because I probably thought I left it in the car. All right. um, Anyway, uh, nothing I love tonight. I like UCLA a little bit. I'm with you on UCLA a little bit. What else do you have? Do you are, you talk- go- are you going to any co- big college football games this year? Uh, like a non-Maryland game? Yeah. I'm going to Penn State, Michigan, because I'll be up there. Uh, you know, my son's up there. Right. And my <laughs> other son and I, and we've done some big college games in recent years, 
We've been looking at the schedule, looking at the Redskins' bye week also. The, the Thursday night game they've got against the Vikings yeah. opens up an opportunity that weekend. Um, and that weekend, I, I think, is LSU-Auburn um, at LSU. And we've been You've thinking, been to LSU games before, I have. right? You really the like LSU-Bama game is phenomenal. Yeah. I, the, the one th- place I have not been that I want to go to, I want to go see Notre Dame play in South Bend. I've not done that. Um, so we're, 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 they'll, there will be at least one other game I'll probably go okay. to other than Penn State-Michigan, which should be a really good one Yes, by the time they get to it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got? What about the Nats? I mean, they won last night. They bounced back. Aaron, I bet the I bet the uh, Orioles last night on the happiness edge. Yeah. I bet them plus 340 because every single person I listened to said, well, of course the Nats are going to win tonight. They're not going to lose two in a row to the Orioles. And you know what I usually think about that. Right. Is I'll go the other way. Um, it didn't work out for me last night. But, um, you know, Scherzer four and a third last night, they're, 89 pitches. Look, they're, they're, they're trying to make sure he's okay to pitch in October. He pitched 89 pitches, though, last I know. Night. I know. It's not like they really rested. 71 the, the, the game before, right. 89 last night. It was night. a smart thing to take him out when, when they did. Look, I talked to Adam Eaton the other day mm-hmm. uh, looking for that moment where, uh, like, things changed for the team? Was there a particular incident or game or moment where everything turned around? And he gave me a very valuable piece of advice that Paul Canerco once told him. You can always suck for so long. In baseball. Yes. And that's basically the attitude they had. They, They would come in after some of those losses in the locker room and basically, they would basically say, we're not this bad. We, we won't be this bad. And he gave a lot of credit to guys like Zimmerman and Scherzer and Kurt Suzuki for keeping them on the even keel, for saying, hey, this isn't us. We're better than this. We will be better than this. So there wasn't any particular moment. I mean, I think it was when Annabelle Sanchez came off the DL and started winning for them, but well, uh, that's because you predicted that he would be, you know, yes. very important this year. Yeah, to the but, team. but I, mean, basically, I would not put Annabelle Sanchez's, you know, return and starting to pitch well as like the key moment or the key well, because, moment in the turnaround. Well, because you don't know what you're talking I, well, about. Well, it's, it's you know, that's you're, you're, a reach and no, it's no, a self-serving you, you, reach. Aaron, but go ahead, Aaron. Am I wrong that their resurgence coincides with Annabelle Sanchez's? The, the, his first start back from the DL when he pitched six, six shutout innings. I, the timing is there, yes. Okay. Oh, it's so, so sweet of you, Aaron. Okay. But it is. It's exactly. <laughs> you know. can point it to it. Right, I know. Well, is that a column? It might be. Would you? Would the beginning part of the column talk about how before the season started, you had an you had a hunch about Annabelle Sanchez? No, my name's and, not Kevin. Sh- my name's not and, Kevin and Sheen. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. Oh yeah, and then you'll try to get a quote where somebody says, "You know what? Really, the turnaround point was Annabelle Sanchez." And very few people out there actually thought about Annabelle before the season started. No, no, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to talk about how that that veteran clubhouse leadership got them through the tough time and how Zimmerman uh I'm hoping that Zimmerman returns mm-hmm. because he deserves to be part of anything good that happens he really does uh, he he was a big voice in the clubhouse when they were struggling are you on with Russell this weekend uh I'm on with Nick on Saturday okay and then Russell on Sunday providing he doesn't get pulled over for talking on I cell did phone. you told me about that and I went and found that on the internet that was pretty funny yeah yeah, Boy, yeah. old Chris. I, I, lo- I love Chris. He gets himself in these positions more than anybody. Yes, he does. He is. He's, he's basically the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. That's what he is. He's something else. Um, all right. That's all I got. You know what I forgot to do today? What? I forgot to call Scott because Scott has been traveling, which is why he hasn't been on the podcast. But I think he said that he could do today, but he needed to do it before now. So we'll catch him next week. Okay. Or maybe tomorrow on the podcast. Actually, Aaron, well, I write that ca- one down. I won't catch him tomorrow. It'll even be better since Tommy won't be here. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Um, so we'll get Scott on tomorrow. <laughs> All right. I got to go get my wallet um, and make sure that uh, nothing was taken out of the wallet because I think I had you know credit cards in it and some cash in there. Had yeah. some cash in the wallet. Oh, I'm sure you do. Look, I've seen your bankroll. I know you have <laughs> no, some no. cash. I don't carry a lot of cash, actually, typically. You don't need cash anymore. I mean, look, if, if 
if you're a made guy, you carry cash mm-hmm. in a big wad with the big bills out, out on the outside. All right. Thank you for doing this today. You looked much better today than you even did the other day. I know. Looks I like f- you feel better. I feel better. Which is great. Uh, you'll be with me next week, and we'll be into the full calendar. Game C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R of a true NFL game week. Yes. Redskins game week. There'll be pep rallies all over town. Let me ask, will they be? Hold will, on. I know what you're going to ask. I can read it right will, now. Will, they, will Cooley be out yeah. handing out tickets on will, the mall? Will Cooley be running around <laughs> giving away free tickets? I don't think so. I don't think. I think that he made himself very clear last year that that was not something that he wanted to do uh, again. There, was, there weren't a lot of takers, apparently. No, there weren't. All right. Have a great day. All right. I'll see you.